The Colts have a couple of huge decisions coming up about a couple of their young offensive stars. So what should they do? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, riding solo again today. Zach will be with you guys here coming up soon. Uh, I am from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Of course, I'm the local credentialed media member of the website, trying to bring you the inside scoop from the facility Uh, talking to the players and coaches, letting you know what's going on from there. On today's show, it's all about you guys, actually. Uh, I put out a bat signal for you guys for your questions on Twitter, and you did deliver, of course, like you always do. Uh, We're going to start out with some of these questions that have to do with the Colts' current personnel, uh, including the contract statuses of guys like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Uh, We're then going to move on to some of the things that the Colts need to square away on the current roster. Uh, such as the, who is the team starting right guard? Are they on the roster right now? Uh, and then last, some bigger picture stuff for after the season. Uh, maybe a certain son of a Colts legend who might be in this next draft. We'll see. Uh, but starting out, this first question was from uh, our friend Kenan, uh, a.k.a. Chris Ballard is my daddy on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, he said, Jonathan's Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's contract expires after the season. One, would you re-sign, tag, or let him walk in free agency? And two, what do you think the Colts will do? Uh, our other friend of the show, Max Houghton, asked the same thing. Uh, tag, extend, or walk with Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, and Julian Blackman. So I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and just answer about the three of those guys real quick. So I, for the most part, I am of team look for the replacement when it comes to running backs, unless they're really, really special. And when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, this is a rebuilding team. I am not necessarily sure a running back is the biggest building block. However, how the Colts are building this current team, Taylor, as long as he rebounds and looks like himself from two years ago, I think it's going to be perfect for what they have now. Uh, the combination of Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, you know, led by Shane Steichen as head coach, gives the Colts a world of possibility as far as how potent that run game can be. And if you take Taylor away from that, I just don't know that that offense looks as dangerous as it could. So for my money, if Taylor rebounds and looks really good again, uh, you know, hits the ground running with Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson, I think I would extend him. Uh, so the going price for the top running backs right now, uh, average million per year. I think it's Alvin Kamara at 15, uh, 15 million, and then Christian McCaffrey over 16 million. Uh, the next after that is about 12 million. So I imagine Taylor will be anywhere from 13 to 16, 17 million per year uh, whenever he signs, whether it's with the Colts or somewhere else, uh, including over over 30 million in guarantees, I'm sure, because that's what those other guys are getting. 
that's a hot chunk of change to give a running back. But again, I always, I've always thought Taylor was a really special player and how I think this offense is going to be crafted. I think he's going to be vital to it. Uh, again, I just don't think the potential of the offense looks the same without a player like Taylor in it. Uh, moving on to Pittman, wide receivers are getting really, really expensive right now. Uh, so there, I think there was 14 or 15 guys that make at least $20 million per year. And on his next deal, I'm sure he'll be included right in that. So uh, I've got to think that Pittman will be getting at least $20 million per year. And these receivers, they're, they're guaranteed overall is like dozens and dozens of millions. For someone like Pittman, it would probably be over 30, close to $40 million as well uh, in guarantees. So that's two huge extensions to give to guys in the same offseason. I don't know how eager the Colts are going to be to give both, but I do think they would like both players back. Now, the big X factor here for Pittman that Taylor doesn't really have is, as far as we know right now is Pittman plays a position for the Colts where there's going to be more competition for touches and targets. And if you see guys like Alec Pierce just blowing up or Josh Downs looks awesome, Jelani Woods, the tight end, looks awesome. If it looks like the Colts passing game could absorb the hit of not having Pittman back, then I think that's when you start to see the Colts maybe looking elsewhere or standing firm at a lower offer that maybe they don't want to exceed. Um, I really like Pittman as a player. I think he's he's a really good player. He's beyond just a possession receiver. I think he's really tough. He gets yards after the catch. I think he's capable of making plays downfield, gets contested catches. Um, but I think it's just going to be really, really expensive for the Colts to be able to bring both back. It could happen, but who knows? Uh, Julian Blackman factors into this as well. Uh, him, I'm really not sure. Uh, cause you have Rodney Thomas is, has proven to be a really good looking young free safety. And then if Nick cross comes out and earns the strong safety role, uh, and, and looks pretty good doing it, or at least adequate of earning the starting role in 2024 as well. And then Kenny Moore factors into that as well. If, if Kenny stays healthy and is the nickel all year, and Julian Blackman doesn't come down and get any of those snaps, then he kind of becomes expendable, you know? Uh, so again, I really think Blackman is a good player. I think he's versatile. Uh, he's smart. You know, he's he's been a really heady player back to his days at Utah. Uh, so I think he's a good player to have, but financially, the Colts had a good draft in 2020, basically. So that's, that's kind of the downside of it all. And then the last one here for this segment uh, from Philip Schatz, does a unique quarterback like Anthony Richardson gain a lot from watching a solid but completely different quarterback like Gardner Minshew play? Simply put, I'll say yes, and you could say the same for Jalen Hurts last year uh, when Hurts had to was was injured and had to watch uh, Minshew play a little bit. They have completely different skill sets, but Minshew's big thing is uh, he doesn't make like critical errors. He takes the layups. He takes what the defense gives him. And, you know, he's kind of a safe quarterback. So for a player like Richardson, who has some inconsistencies in his game, watching Minshew and saying, oh, that's why he decided to do that. He threw the ball away here. He took the check down here. He's not just going for the kill shot every time. I do think that's very important. Uh, with that said, I would probably try and make Richardson the starter by week one if he earns it. 
But if he has to sit and watch Minshew for a little bit, it's not the end of the world. There are worse guys to uh, to learn behind. So next, we're going to dive into some roster issues and questions that you guys brought up about that. But first, a word from our friends over at Built. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, ever. That's over at Built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise and just feel like you're eating cardboard, uh, then the thing for you is Built Bars and Built Puffs. They're healthy and they taste amazing and you really won't even know that they're good for you. Uh, what makes them so good is they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in really awesome flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and even cookies and cream, which is hard to beat. Uh, head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four bar box there. You can march on over to Sam's Club if you've got one in your area and get a 13 bar box with flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank us later. And everydayers, like I mentioned, Zach will be back soon. Uh, it's it's coming to be a really important time of the offseason now. Kind of boring, a low part before, you know, mandatory minicamps and stuff hit. But the Colts are an exciting team because they've got a rookie quarterback like Anthony Richardson. And this week, the rookies and the vets are mixing together. Uh, so Wednesday, when you guys are listening to this, uh, we'll be out there for media availability. I'll be able to talk with, uh, you know, some coaches and players We'll get you the latest scoop from what everyone's impressions of Richardson, Josh Downs, and some of these other guys are uh, just coming up soon. So, all right. Next up, we're diving into some roster construction type stuff here. Uh, first up from Colts fan Cole and Colts for life. Uh, they both had this, this pretty similar question. Is the week one starting right guard on the current roster? And then a follow-up, are the Colts thinking of signing a veteran starting cornerback? So starting with the right guard thing, this one is interesting. I really like this question because if there's still any current starting spot up in the air, for me, it's right guard. Uh, I do think they're fine with Will Fries, but I don't think that means they're going to stop kicking the tires on certain guys that could start ahead of him. Uh, you know, Trey Turner, Gabe Jackson, I think is out there. There's established veterans out there. I think the most dangerous thing they can do is settle for what they have and not add any more competition. So even if they don't sign a right guard, that's definitely going to be the starter. I think they definitely still need some competition because last year just was not it. It left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. We could see, issues from the offensive line coming a mile away and the Colts did nothing about it until it was too late. The season got pretty mightily screwed by the time they figured out the offensive line. Uh, and then to the follow-up of are the Colts thinking of signing a veteran starting cornerback? Uh, I think heading into the draft, they probably were uh, guys like Shaquille Griffin and Rocky Sin made a lot of sense to bring in to be that, you know, number two corner, I guess. Um, I don't think so anymore because they went out and drafted Juju Brents, Darius Rush, and Jalen Jones. Uh, they already have Kenny Moore, who they're confident is going to bounce back. Isaiah Rogers, I think they like a lot. And then Dallas Flowers, I think they think he's going to take a jump as well. Um, so I wouldn't count on them signing a corner. I do think they like what they've got. Uh, next up is from Woe O Domino. Which rookies do you see contributing contributing week one? Who else sees significant playing time early on? Uh, 
so again, I mentioned I I think they should try and push for Anthony Richardson to be the week one quarterback, which I think they will. I think they'll use all their resources to resources to try and get him there. Um, if he isn't quite ready, that's fine. I do still think they'll have a package of plays for him, even if he's not the starter. Uh, because one thing you can't deny is they they pretty much all said you grow by learning and playing. So their plan for development of him, if he's not the starter, is not going to be sit there on the side by sideline and hold the clipboard. They're going to have something cooked up for him. So he'll contribute right away, no matter what size it is. Um, otherwise, Josh Downs, I think, is going to be uh, the most heavy contributor among the rookies. Uh, just from the buzz surrounding him and from what I've seen from him on the practice field, uh, I think he'll be the starting slot receiver if not by week one within the first few weeks over Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie's a nice player, but Downs just really like the Colts. If the Colts have a, a young guy and a veteran that offer the same skill set and they think the rookie has high upside, they'll eventually go with the rookie and it, it won't often take very long to do. Uh, plus Downs has a lot better ball security and he's got better hands than McKenzie does. So that'll be a big factor as well. Um, let's see. The corners is an interesting group. Uh, Juju Brents could, of course, earn a starting role as an outside corner right away. Uh, but he is probably not going to be full go for football stuff until training camp because he has that wrist injury. Uh, so that'll that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, but that's the big three, I think. Um, Blake Freeland, maybe if one of the tackles gets hurt, I think they might want to throw him in there over. Jordan Murray or, Car- or Carter O'Donnell. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, next question from Jeff Q. Safety depth seems like a concern. Are you hearing anything on Armani Watts? It seems like he'd be a Chris Ballard type resigning on a cheap one-year deal after he had a good camp before the injury last year. Um, so again, we kind of talked about the safety group. I think it's a really deep group. And I think they like the depth guys that they have that other people just don't really talk about. Um, you know, they have, they have the kid they drafted out of uh, Daniel Scott. They, they drafted out of Cal this year that they really, really like a uh, special teamer. And they think he can play on defense. Trevor Denbo, uh, big time special teams players, what they envision for, for them. Uh, and then Marcel Dabo, the guy they got out of Germany last spring. So they really like their safety depth. They have three guys at the top who could contribute uh especially if Nick Cross can earn a starting spot again. Um, I don't know. I don't – Armani Watts, his thing is kind of special teams anyways. That's mostly why they, they signed him last year. Uh, one, it depends how his recovery from injury is even doing. And two, I don't – I just don't think it would be necessary. I think they've got enough guys there that they like by this point. Um it, you're right. It would be a Chris Ballard style signing, but that's history. That was that was for last year. I don't think they they would do it again. I could be wrong, but it it doesn't make a lot of sense anymore at this point. And the last one for this segment uh, from our guy Wyatt Law, old Colts fan. Uh, any thoughts on the cutting of wide receiver Cody Crest? Uh, your fandom had me in his corner, so I was surprised he was released so soon. Uh, so that was one of Zach's guys. Uh, so Cody Crest, nice player, you know, big explosive. He kind of hits the, the Ballard types. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent. 
But again, the Colts just had a lot of bodies at receiver. And uh, Cody Core is someone who was a tryout player in the rookie minicamp who had a nice weekend. He came in, they released Cody Crest as a result. Um, it That's just how it is sometimes, you know, there can be an undrafted guy who comes with some some fanfare, but this this kid Cody this kid Cody Core, who even less of us had heard about coming into the rookie minicamp, they liked what he provided. Uh, do any of them make the roster come week one? Probably not, but it's all about competition and upside. Really, that's that's just how it is in the NFL sometimes. Uh, next up, there's some more big picture questions for the Colts here. And some people wondering how the season might go and even projecting into the next draft, even though we just got done with this one, uh, it's coming up next. Okay. So to kick off this final segment, this one is from Truett Tressler. A lot of pundits have the Colts only winning four games this year. Uh, As much of a disaster as last year was, isn't it for the foreseeable future with better coaching and better quarterback play? Even if Gardner Minshew starts uh, some of the games that the Colts would win more than four. Uh, so yes, uh, you have to be really bad to only win four games in the NFL. And the Colts were really bad last year. Um, a lot of this, it's a lot of the same cast of characters. So it's always possible, but I just don't foresee that level of terribleness <laughs> repeating itself. Uh, when I looked at the schedule, I said the Colts were probably good for about seven wins. Uh, I'm not going to give them 10 wins, but I think four is probably pretty low. I think they'll, they're, they'll probably finish closer to 500 again, uh, if I had to guess. So yeah, just like you said, I think the coaching will be better. Obviously it has to be than it was over the second half of last season. Uh, the quarterback play almost can't be worse than it was. Uh, the offensive line, I think, will stabilize a bit. The defense is going to be a question mark because they were really good for the most part uh, up until the end of the last season. Uh, so they've got they've kind of got to hold up their end of the bargain as well. So that's, that's kind of a big thing to look out for. Uh, next up from Andrew Miller. If Indy underperforms this season and finishes with a top seven pick, do they package Michael Pittman Jr.? and their first-round pick to move up for Marvin Harrison Jr. So with Pittman in a contract year, it's probably not. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, if he was going to get traded, it was probably going to be this offseason, if I had to guess. It was going to make more sense with, with that contract kind of winding down. That is such a great question, though. I think it would probably be more likely to move – Pierce, he might have more ups, more upside and and trade bait if if he has a really good year uh, this year with with Anthony Richardson. Uh, but regardless, your point is to make some package deal to move up from Marvin Harrison Jr. And so he, at this point, you've got to think he's probably the third pick, right? Because you've got Caleb Williams and Drake May, who are likely to be the first two off the board. Marvin Harrison Jr probably the best wide receiver prospect since Calvin Johnson, uh, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. He's of that cloth. Like he's legit. Um, I don't, God, I don't know. That's so tough because will the Colts be close enough as a team to being playoff contenders that a receiver would make the difference. 
Um, if they don't have to mortgage their future, we'll see. Um, but God, I would have to think Jim Irsay would really want to make that one happen, to be honest with you. Uh, last up here from Brian Haas. Now, this one kind of come with a little vitriol, and it's uh, it's probably a little late in the offseason for this question, but I, I felt like we ought to answer it anyways. Uh, why hasn't Chris Ballard been fired? Any GM that cannot win one AFC South title in six years is terrible at their job. That's hard to argue. I'm not. I, he's not terrible at his job, but it's hard to argue that you should have job security after not winning your division ever uh, during your tenure. That's that's tough. That's a tough argument to to overcome. So here's the thing with Ballard's status with the Colts. So I think he's undeniably a really good talent evaluator. The Colts have had some really really good drafts. Um, if you look at the statistics of like draft picks where they're picked and like the amount of snaps they wind up playing and this and that, like the Colts have been well above average in that regard since Ballard has, has been with the Colts. But I think we've, we talked about this a lot after the season and really starting with the second half of last season, the roster construction thing, uh, you have to go out and get your quarterback. You have to take a swing and do it. And the Colts finally did it. I don't think internally the Colts thought, you know, the, the Colts floundering and ultimately leading to a terrible product was as much on Ballard as it was potentially coaching and uh, the quarterback situations that came up. So these a lot of these quarterbacks that came up wound up getting tied to Frank Reich, and right, rightfully so. Carson Wentz, that was his guy. There was skepticism throughout the building, but... Uh, there was faith that Frank Wright could get him back. Philip Rivers, no one had a problem with Philip Rivers, but it it only lasted one year, and it was the last time the Colts were really any good for for any point in a postseason. Um, and then Matt Ryan, that, that that was an organizational thing that that wasn't Frank Reich necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think these. I just think there are other scapegoats that have been used other than Chris Ballard. Uh, I, I think he deserves a lot, a lot of pressure. And I can't say that if the Colts decide to move on at GM, I, I would have understood it. The thing is I, I understand a lot of things Ballard does, but it is very hard to defend the record, the not winning any AFC South titles, the, you know, some of the mistakes again that I mentioned earlier, you could see coming from a mile away that weren't addressed. Um, that's just really tough. I he's not going to be fired for what it's worth. Uh, I, I think especially having a new head coach who just got a huge contract. Uh, you get a new quarterback that's going to buy him a lot of time. So Ballard's here for at least another couple years, I would think. Um, but yeah, I I think if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of faith in Ballard you might as well just celebrate some of the, the draft picks and uh, just under, try to understand why they do what they do because it is easy to understand a lot of the way they do things, even if some of it is flawed and they need to make tweaks. Um, but I think this offseason has shown they're willing to change their ways a little bit. Like I think everyone had to take a long look in the mirror after the last season and a half that they've just endured. And hopefully – some of these changes they make and ways they adjust to how they evaluate roster construction and stuff 
hopefully that is permanent moving forward. Uh, but I think that is it for us today, everyone. Um, everydayers, remember, uh, stick with us the rest of this week. Zach will be back. Colts rookies, Colts vets, mixing together. Uh, I've got you from the uh, the facility on Wednesday. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. I, I think Zach might even get a bonus episode out for you guys. I know he's missed you guys a lot, of course. Uh, if you don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also, be sure to subscribe to Locked on Colts on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love your ratings and reviews. And with that, we will see you guys tomorrow.